Welcome to Same Old City, an independent York City fans podcast. My name is Simon Krampus, and who's joining me on this most festive of episodes? Mark now here, the South Stand Sing. It's Ben Aspinall. That's right, it is our Christmas episode, and what more Christmassy thing could we be doing than discussing a nil-nil drawaway at Rochdale? Mm-hmm. I've got a lint chocolate that I'm unwrapping. Christmas very much underway in the craft household. Then how about you, Ben? Yep, that's absolutely. We've got the uh, the decks are up. The um, Manchester City baubles on a tree along the, alongside the York City decorations, and we're already arguing about what we're going to do on Boxing Day. So, yep, Christmas is underway, baby. Is one of those options traveling to Gateshead? It's potentially one of those options, but then I did, I did realize it involves going to uh, to Gateshead. Which is um, no no sane man should really do that, should they? So yes, this week we are going to be covering the defeat to Nantwich Town that was the Christ. start and end of our brief FA Trophy campaign this season. We're going to give that one the respect it deserves, or the respect that our team gave the competition, and cover it fairly briefly. <laughs> um, and then we're going to move on to the goalless draw at Rochdale, which Ben, uh, you were in attendance at. I think. don't know how much of it you, you can recall clearly. Uh, I was there physically, and that's all I'm willing to say on the matter. Um, and we're also going to be doing our little mid-season review, because we're halfway through the season now. Thought we'd uh, assess how it's gone, other than not very well. Um, start <laughs> thinking about what players we might want to keep come next season, and sort of what we're expecting for the rest of the season. We'll be finishing uh, with some nice Christmas puns as well, of course. Give the people what they want. But yeah, let's start with the game away at Nantwich. Uh, so Nantwich Town 3, York City 2. Now, Just want to leave it there? or <laughs> Well, I think you did, because not to let people too far behind the curtain, but you did text me about two minutes before recording saying, oh, hang on, well, we went to watch the Nantwich highlights. <laughs> <laughs> that is, uh, that's legit as well, actually. I mean, I did not mean prep for the Rochdale talk, and I went, Oh wait, we've not actually talked about the Natwich game, have we? Shoot! So I have um, I've braved the five minutes and forty five seconds of highlights, and we will come on to it. But there was a brief moment that um, resulted in me spitting my tea out across my laptop keyboard. It was so funny. And I think if you know the highlights, you might know what I'm referring to. And I can't wait to come to come to it in this discussion. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, let's first quickly talk about Ardley's attitude to the game or the competition in general. In the lead up, because there were some interesting interviews, I thought, where, you know, the standard questions were asked, you know, how how seriously you're taking this competition. Normally, the managers say, oh, you know, every competition we're in is is important. We want to win every game. Mm. Whereas Ardley basically said that he hates the FA Trophy and everything it stands for. Yeah. And it's family. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) He said the prize money's rubbish, doesn't like the fixture pileup it causes. Mm. Um, And basically said, you know, I have made quarterfinals and semi-finals previously with with Notts County and Solihull but almost implied that he'd done that against his will <laughs> yes it's an interesting one. He, he said that a few times not just before the game itself had he he'd always said I think as the results were starting to be a bit iffy and you know in the autumn he was very clear about look we're focusing on the league the FA, the FA Cup is a nice little distraction the FA Trophy is the exact opposite of that so um I was not surprised in the build-up when he was giving it the um, the vitriol that uh, this competition so rightfully deserves. Uh, but then again, at the same time, um, we'll come on to, to the lineup next, I'm sure. But I, in terms of a makeshift lineup 
um, against a side. What was it? Three tiers below us. I think so. I had no, I had no particular problems with it. So that just made the uh, what happened subsequently all the more galling and surprising, really. Yeah, I mean, let's have a look at the lineup. So there were quite a few changes, but it was still a fairly strong team. The main things was it was very attacking lineup. In particular, there was uh, players in the midfield like Castro getting a run out, Maz Kuya, Kai Kennedy, Callum Harriet. Ollie Green was playing, but there wasn't really any of the more solid or defensive midfielders. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the likes of Woodyard or or Paddy McLaughlin or something. It seemed like we were potentially leaving ourselves quite open. Um, also, only one natural centre-back in the form of Cordner, who was who was captain for the day as well. So I was interested yeah. to see who was going to be alongside him. I wasn't expecting it to be Latty Fairweather, I'll be honest. Neither was I. No, I was, I was absolutely expecting it to be daily. And part of me was even thinking it might be a three with uh, Duckworth on the right of the three with Daly on the left. So I was very surprised uh, when I saw the highlights to see how central um, Thierry Latty Fairweather was. Yeah, in terms of those highlights, like I said, I don't want to cover this one in loads of depth, but we should talk about the goals at least. So the first one comes comes quite early, uh, two minutes mm. in. Um, I mean, all the goals, all the Nantwich goals are headers. So it's a free kick. Swung in from the left, their player Ahmed Ali just sort of out jumps everyone. Fairly simple header, one nil. Anything to add about this goal? Not the goal per se, but what happens immediately after the goal is something I'd very much like to talk about. Are you referring to the goal music? You better believe I am. So, for anyone who hasn't watched the highlights, um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, firstly, be prepared that they are a very low and shaky quality, but it is yeah. worth it for this moment where. Nantwich score a goal in front of, you know, 900 people or so. And then very loud strains of, of I Feel Good by James Brown starts blaring out. It's, I didn't know it was going to happen. It took me completely by surprise. It's, it's the out. <laughs> it just absolutely did me in. And all I can think of is like every mid-level American romantic comedy from the 1980s and 1990s that would have, you know, Joe Smith is a down his luck accountant until he meets, until, ouch, I feel good. He discovers a genie or something. It's all I could think of was just that kicking with the with the vocal there, and they're like, yeah, the 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 wonderful you know voice of uh, James Brown and uh, the you know the great music playing as um, this player, this alley player, celebrates in front of a bunch of youth lads all in like top you know Stone Island gear. Oh bloody hell! The magic of the FA Trophy, and then not, it's it is funny, and then it happens two more times. <laughs> Yeah, it was. Yeah, so it happens again after the second goal, which is on 22 minutes. Uh, Paddy K, it's another header. Is this the one where he sort of beats Stockdale to a yes, cross? Yes, he does. Yeah, yeah. It's it, no one covers himself in gloriousness because it, there appears to be like three red shirts around, along with Stockdale. He doesn't even flap; he just gets beaten to it. It's he does not cover himself in glory on this uh, one by any stretch of the imagination. James Brown pipes up again. Um, and then again on 28 minutes, Connor Rankin. Again, it's another header. Mm-hmm. Starting to get a bit ridiculous. This this one's from a corner, I think, isn't it? From the right, mm-hmm. um, where there's sort of a diving header 
Rankin just that's Connor Rankin, not Michael Rankin. I don't think he's playing anymore. And he beats his his man at the near post. Not a bad header actually that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, at this point when you hear James Brown for the third time, I'm just thinking this is. I'm hearing I feel good, but this is one of the least good I have ever <laughs> felt. Watching this grainy footage, slightly hungover, as a side, three levels below us, basically just runs mm-hmm. rings around our defence. It was uh, not great. And not to non-league shame and everything, because you know everyone's here on merit and such, but um, I'm fairly certain if uh, I booked out a five-a-side match on a pitch of this quality, I'd be complaining to the leisure centre. Never mind, you know, um, an actual FA competition. Special mention as well to um, Castro. I think um, a lot of fans singled him out after his performance, didn't they? Oh, I want to men- I want to mention something specifically about Castro. Um, so, sh- should we come on to that now? Well, if that's okay, because I like the bit where he, the free kick. I'm sure that we we all know what that free kick with the, the knuckle ball over the, out the stadium. But just before that, when he wins the free kick, you can just hear a Natwich uh, supporter go, oh, he's good him, isn't he? And I like, <laughs> ah, you, you, you've fallen you... into the Castro trap. That was exactly yep. what I wanted to mention. Yeah, you succumb to the same allure, like a siren luring us towards the rocks. This is the thing, though. <laughs> he, he is that player that looks half decent to opposition fans. Yes. And is that how he's going to always... Everyone will be like, oh, I remember he looked half decent at our place. He's, he's a free yeah. agent. Should, should we go in for him? And then he proceeds to... Line up a free kick, and like, oh, he's going to do it. He's going to do the uh, the Notts County free kick for us. Yep, and then absolutely balloons it into the into the fading <laughs> Cheshire sky. Is it Cheshire? It is Cheshire. It's just Castro City career summed up in in mm. a few seconds of footage. I think really. Also, great stuff. Uh, we don't see the sending off. Um, we don't see the offence for which um, that much player is given a straight red. Though Duckworth doesn't strike me as a as a player, you know, as an actor. So it does seem pretty serious. They just seem to react to something that happens to him, which you don't like to see, even if we are making, you know, having a bit of a joke about the game. Yeah, that happens off camera. But by that point, we've actually come back into it. And uh, we're, That's true, yeah. we're staging our very own Istanbul-style comeback, um, which starts when uh, we win a penalty mm-hmm. in the 82nd minute. Siziba goes down. I'm not convinced that's a pen because I don't think the defender really sees him coming. No, I th- I'm, it's clear as day for me. Absolutely. You, you do that on a street side and it's assault. Yeah, so he wins a penalty. John Lewis, who's who's on at this point, a couple mm-hmm. of the more experienced players have been brought on and he, yeah, rolls it home. 3-1, mm-hmm. the comeback's on and then the comeback's really on when Siziba um, sort of gets his shot deflected into the bottom corner. I think there's a fairly clear deflection, isn't there? Yeah, it, it's re- yeah, it's very clear. You know, it just kind of like in a massive anticlimax, it just kind of dribbles over the line slowly with no sense of like umph or you know or grace. But it's three two. We're weirdly back into the game, and you can hear the uh, announcement about six minutes injury time. You do think, are we going to bizarrely drag a three three in a penalty shootout out of this calamity performance? And but yeah, we're we're out of the first hurdle. Why was that not an option for our goal music when we had that poll the other? the other week or month, whenever it was. I, I'd much rather have James Brown to shed seven. I'm just annoyed that they didn't get in touch to ask for us to come up with some AI jingles for the, uh, <laughs> for the call music. I'm sure we could have uh, sure we could have managed that. But yeah, it was Nantwich Town who progressed. Our FA Trophy campaign was at an end. Um, let's have a look at the tweets that we had in response to this game. Sam Henry 14 said, Absolutely abysmal. Outright embarrassing. That team should have had more than enough to beat a team three leagues below. No effort or endeavour shown by most. Sooner it can be forgotten about, the better. 
Essex Benji said goes to show what a shrewd operator Ardley is. He knows who's good enough and who isn't. He then laid down the challenge in the pre-game interviews. Those players were poor and it proved Ardley right. Hopefully that judgment will be there when making his own signings. So yeah, in terms of the discussion after the game, there was a lot of um, debate about did Ardley pick this team to send a message to the owners? I saw mm. a lot of people saying that, you know, oh, clearly he's he didn't think these players are good enough. He wanted to show the Uglers that the likes of Castro weren't going to, um, you know, weren't putting the required effort in maybe. Mm-hmm. I sort of see where people are coming from, but to me, you would hope there's there's better communication channels open between the management and the ownership. That there's better yeah, ways true. to to tell the owners that we need improvement in certain areas rather than deliberately losing a game of football. So I don't think it's <laughs> necessarily a case of sending a message. I think maybe he thought these fringe players, you know, they're they're saying they want the chance. They're saying they're too good to go out on loan. Well, he said, "Well, prove it to me then." And yeah, they, they've they've not uh, risen to the challenge. I don't think he he threw the game. <laughs> I think you're completely correct. I don't think he threw the game either. I think he genuinely believed there's enough in that. Um, 11 as well as the bench to uh, do a good job and beat a team three divisions below us. Clearly that wasn't the case and for me the, the whole sending a message to the board cliche, that kind of happens with um, toxic managers in top in, uh, in the top tiers isn't it? Unless Adley puts two goalkeepers on the bench, I don't believe he's doing the uh, message to the owner shtick I think there's a element of it I mean he, he wants to rotate his squad it meant that some players could get a bit of a break and allow others a chance to try and play themselves into contention but obviously so few of them clearly did that so um yeah I don't think it was uh as obvious as the uh you know trying to throw a game and send a message to the owners thing as you say Sam I don't think it was um as blatant as that but I think he wanted to uh rotate but I also think he knows the quality of this squad's not remotely good enough so we'll um See so going forward, obviously, what happens in January when we try and get some league players in, and uh, hopefully some of the uh, some of these uh, some can trim some of the fat from this squad if they accept loan deals to uh, AFC Dog and Duck. Yeah, I mean the other thing is if he was wanting to send a message, put out a team to say, you know, these guys aren't up to it. Why would you stick the two young loanees in there? You know, Green yeah. and and Daly both started. Will Davis started up front. You know, that's Ardley's man. It doesn't really add up to say that he was putting out a team of you know also runs i think like you mm-hmm. say he put out a team he thought would be enough with a bit of a an element of challenging some of the fringe players mm-hmm. um and unfortunately that you know they weren't up to it on the day but yeah let's let's jump ahead to our return to league action so we'd had three weeks off the league easy to forget we're sort of in the middle of a, of a bit of a relegation battle so it was a trip to rochdale hardly very much framed this as this is a chance to show how much we've improved since the game in August, which was Morton's last game, mm-hmm. uh, where we lost 3-1 and fairly comfortably. Now, this is one that, that you uh, made the trip to, Ben, isn't it? As I mentioned earlier, it's it's a local game for you. Absolutely. Did you, did you enjoy a few uh, a few shandies beforehand? Yeah, a few light, a few light ales around um, Hebden Bridge before getting the trains to, to Rochdale, very much by local fixture, so... Uh, very, very much looking forward to this one. It's been in the calendar for a while. I was very much excited for this one. Yeah, you're our man on the spot, Lund. Oh, very good. Yeah, very Is good. It? Yeah. It's the Crown Oil Arena now for sponsorship purposes, so you're gonna, um, for, unfortunately, it's not quite landed. Oh, they've got oil money as well, have they? <laughs> but yeah, uh, when you did get to the Crown Oil Arena, 
I guess you would have mm -hmm. you would have seen the lineup. A um, couple of surprises in there. Yeah, um, I agree with that. Yeah, I was very surprised by this as well. No Cordner in defence. So it was uh, yeah. Callum Howe and Will Smith, who's been recalled from Harrogate as the two centre-backs. We were without Tyler, the creator, to uh, you know set up our chances going forward. And <laughs> in terms of the midfield, it was Woodyard with Paddy McLaughlin, Ollie Dyson. So I guess kind of the, the opposite to the Nantwich game. Very much similar mm -hmm. setup to the Wigan game, which he seemed to be using as a bit of a template, you know, try and be very solid, expecting mm. us to maybe be on the back foot a bit, but put in players who are going to, you know, at least uh, work hard off the ball. And then Will Davies up front with Scott Burgess and Callum Harriet in support. And yeah, I wasn't necessarily expecting Harriet to start again after he was involved in the in the Nantwich debacle. I agree with what you're saying about um, Harriet. He was a surprise. And you know, I'll say I, I was a nice, pleasant surprise, actually, because... I think a lot of us are kind of annoyed and a bit frustrated with his fitness records so far this season. He has unfortunately been a bit of an on-event, but none of us, you know, dislike him. We want it to work. We want to see what he can do. So him getting a chance to, you know, show what he can do in the league in a fixture that all of us would agree that matters much more than the FA Trophy. I was quite happy for that. Um, he's not been on that field too often for York and he's not really shown it much, you know, what he can do. Altrincham springs to mind, I think. Was it the second home game of the season? He, he had a very reasonable game in that. Yeah, I think he scored in that one. He did score in that one, didn't he? Yeah, so it, it's not been possible to get a proper good look at what he can do. But his past does suggest that he's really got something about him and we really want to be able to see what he can do with a forward line of um, Davies and or um, Akinyemi ahead of him. Uh, happy to see Smith back. I think um, he's got. I think he's also got something about him, which he's not been able to show properly when he's been shunted out on the left-hand side of a three. Which I think was just a, you know, a necessity by Ardley because of our um, defensive frailties. Yeah, I'm surprised Cordner was one of the casualties from the game at Nantwich because he was the only recognised central defender in that eleven. So yeah, I was a bit surprised by that. You know, it was he the one to blame for, or one of the you know main people to blame for what happened in Cheshire. And also same with Green. You know, he wasn't even on the bench, was he, for for this fixture? And he was um, a, someone who played in the the debacle, as you call it, at Nantwich. So, you know, the two casualties, I'm a little bit surprised it was them too. So we had a chance after just a few seconds, in fact, where we won the ball back through Ollie Dyson. He sort of ran forward, um, lost the ball, but then it fell back to him on the volley. And it was a very decent effort that was um, tipped mm. just over. Had you, yeah. uh, had you settled into your place in, in the ground by then, this point? Did you see this one? <laughs> I, I was still finishing the uh, the overpriced can of uh, of lager, I have to be honest, in the concourse. But obviously, I have seen it back uh, a few times since. I think it's a great effort because Dyson comes into a bit of criticism, doesn't he, for how he strikes a, a football. He doesn't seem to be able to get a huge amount of power onto, onto his effort. But I think he does really well here. And it's a really decent save from the goalkeeper, especially so early in the match. The only real problem is that um, I don't want to be too dour, but this is kind of the attacking highlight of uh, of our performance. Well, no, okay, maybe the Davis chance a little bit later as well. And... Uh, and um, Lenny at the end, but in terms of what we created and you know how you know the great technique, this is kind of the highlight, and it happens in the first what seventy seconds of the match. But yeah, the next main bit of action is um, when Ebanks Landell goes down in the area for Rochdale, and this is about mm. twenty four minutes in. You know, hoping to get a penalty, but the ref immediately runs over, books him for diving. It's not that clear on the um, on the highlights exactly what happens, but was this one? One that you had a good view of? It was, uh, yeah. I mean, what's so good about the camera angle is it's actually with the away end because uh, we're out to 
if you want to you know visualize it we are where the camera is and we're kind of around it hence why you can hear more york shouts than you can rochdale it, i think the referee does a really he makes a really brave decision here doesn't he because um you don't too often see the referee uh book for simulation sometimes they just kind of let it go don't you just ignore it um no this is this is pretty decent refereeing and you have to be really confident to make a decision like this you know especially for a home team in what is comparatively uh, a rel- you know a relatively big game in a division it's hard for us to see on the highlights it's hard to see you know there and then in the ground so you do have to trust the uh the official and yeah with that in mind i think he uh probably got this one right and then a few minutes after that there's sort of a, an interesting bit of action where there's chances at both ends so initially there's a block by ryan fallowfield in front of goal after a cross by henderson for rochdale mm-hmm. um and then they kind of recycle the ball mm-hmm. and then they get another chance where East is through on goal, and then there's a really decent mm-hmm. tackle, and I think it's Daly who makes it. Yes, yeah, he does. It, it's Daly. It's a great slide tackle, just to say. It's fantastic from Daly there. And then, yeah, we, we try and hit them quickly on the counter. Ball comes out to Callum Harriet, who looks, you know, to have a decent amount of pace as he's bringing it forward. Slips a nice mm-hmm. little pass through to Will Davis, but his low shot is uh, is saved at the near post. Do you think Davis should do better, or do you think it's just a decent save? Um, I love everything about the build-up. I love the tackle from Daly, and I love um, what Ainsley does uh, to um, create that opportunity. I think the pass through to, to Davis is so accurate, so spot on, isn't it? That's exactly where Davis wants it, for him to get a good proper strike on it. If you're being really mean, perhaps he does need to do a little bit better, maybe put it a little bit further away from the goalkeeper. But then again, the goalkeeper does well to get down so low so quickly. Um, yeah, it's that was uh, you know, a real bit of quality from... you know different parts of the uh, from the York City 11. Yeah, they had another chance on 32 minutes uh, where it's Sinclair who uh, seems to be causing us a few problems all day really as he did in the in the home game earlier this season. Mm. Um, he's in front of goal but instead of shooting he kind of chips it across towards Henderson but luckily again Fallowfield's there in the right place to uh, to head it away from danger. Do you not think that's a cross? Uh, I beg your pardon, sorry. Do you not think that's a shot? It makes more sense as a cross because it's sort of heading towards his teammate Henderson who's rushing in. And if you watch the Rochdale mm. highlights, they do describe it as, you know, oh, he's, he's tried to cross. Why is he not gone for goal there? Right, um, right, so so okay. I don't think it was actually going in. I think Fallowfield's block sort of stopped it coming through to Henderson. But right. um, but yeah, if he's not there, that's probably probably 1-0, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. But yeah, let's move into the second half. Um, now again, just from the highlights, not having been there, it seemed like Rochdale really started to get on top in yeah. this half. It was that yeah that cliche feeling, wasn't it? Of we've done okay in the first first half, we've matched them. They're a team that are right up there in the in the uh, in the table. You just have to think hmm, nothing much about these guys, especially based after what happened at LNR um, all those months ago. But then I do think I agree with you. In the second half, they started to play that a little bit better, and I think we've said it a few times on the pod, haven't we? About teams in the second half, they can start to turn a screw on us. It starts to get a little bit more difficult, and I think that did start to happen in this fixture. Yeah, definitely. And again, it's Tyrese Sinclair out on the left who's um, sort of the danger man for them, really. Mm. Um, he has one chance where he cuts inside and then has a low shot that's saved by Sykes Kenworthy. And then there's another one not long after where, again, he's sort of making the run, has his shot blocked, and then it comes out to East, who crosses to Henderson, but he loops ahead of just wide. You do start to wonder, think, we're, we're, playing, we're clearly visibly playing for the draw here. And based off the first half, it's a little bit frustrating because do we need to be doing that 
do we not have something about ourselves that we can you know make Rochdale worry about us? But I think that was the um, the sacrifice that Ardy chose to make in terms of um, his eleven and his tactics. Yeah, it does feel like we haven't really found a middle ground between being far too open when we put a couple more attacking players on the pitch, or just being really stodgy when we have this kind of setup. You, you would hope there's there's a balance that could be found where we can do a bit of both. I think the balance is the best example I can think of is definitely the fouled game, where um, I remember saying to you on 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 the pod that because we got those two really decent goals relatively early in the match, it allowed that stodgy performance um, to kill a game off. So, so the money was in the bank, wasn't it? We had two goals. We can rely on that type of performance to try and stop the opposition and you know break down their tactics. With this, you're doing it at nil nil. It's a hell of a risk. We're not going to be able to dagger them every week, are we? So, yeah, it was a little bit of a worry, especially as the game wore on. Well, that's the other thing you mentioned, Dagenham. It's that sort of little moments of quality that we're missing, like mm. Dippo's goal. Yeah. Just to throw a little stat at you as we're in the middle of talking about this game mm-hmm. that I came across. So, in our last 13 games, Dippo Akinyemi has only been fit enough to play in four of them. Mm-hmm. So, of those four, do you know how many of those we won? I'll go for one. We won three out of those four games. Oh, okay. And of the other nine where he didn't play, okay. how many of those do you think we won? I'll go for one again. That's zero. Oh. So, yeah. Okay. Obviously, we've said we're quite reliant on him, but that really brings it home that we're just not finding enough moments yeah. of inspiration without him on the pitch. Because, yeah, we can have a backs-to-the-wall performance, and if you've got Dipper on the pitch, you've always got a chance yeah. that he's, that he's going to come up with something. Whereas, mm-hmm. yeah, Davies had a decent start, but he's maybe not quite that same kind of player. He's maybe someone who benefits more from you know us being on top and and creating chances for him uh, david strikes me as someone more who will come deep receive the ball and do something with it creative um i think he can finish as well but you know i think from what i've seen of him he wants to come a bit deeper and that involves having runners ahead of him hmm. which um i don't think burgess is um harriet should obviously showed a few glimpses of it but um dipper would be absolutely be a, a runner ahead of him wouldn't he so yes yeah, so i think we're I hate to jump ahead, but I do. I do think tactically we're just spinning our wheels, aren't we? Until both um, Batty and Akinyemi can return. But yeah, to, to go back to the match, so Harriet goes down injured on mm-hmm. sixty-seven minutes. Have to hope it's not a recurrence of the same thing that's going to keep him out for another extended period because mm-hmm. he's maybe one of the positives from this game. Yeah, I'd, I'd go with that. I, you want to be positive about um, any York City player? He has some good technique about him. His, his feet, his footwork. As I said earlier. He looked like if he was fit, you know, and he had that match uh, fitness about him, he probably wouldn't be playing for us. But, you know, here we are. And he had a great opportunity to show what he's worth. And I think he did enough to uh, have a, another look at him, hopefully, if, you know, if the injury is not too um, not too bad. But obviously, we'll have to wait on see on that one. Yeah, so he went off for Maz Kuyar, And then a few minutes later, we brought on John Lewis for Ollie Dyson. But this was sort of a 10-minute period where there was a real flurry of Rochdale chances. So mm. between the 70th and 80th minute. So just to go through some of those, there's a there's a shot from Kyohain, I think it's pronounced, from just outside the area that's really not very far over the bar. Very decent effort, that one. There's another shot from outside the area from east, which is deflected just wide. Mm. There's a goal ruled out for offside, Henderson, which I think was the correct call, but I'll hear what you say about that as well. And then the, the last one I wanted to mention was, again, Sinclair, when he gets the ball, just after a corner, hits a low shot, but Sykes Kenworthy uh, again manages to save it. Is near post, so yeah, it felt like they were, the pressure was just building and building. Is there any of those you wanted to pick out in particular? 
Uh, I do think um, the lads offside for, for the disallowed Rochdale goal. Um, the arms go up quickly, don't they, for the um, asking for the decision. I'm going to pause on my screen right now. You know, this is uh, the hard hitting journalism that you listen to the same old city podcast for. And I think it's I think it's offside. Really good finish. Good finish by the lad, actually. Yeah, he, he dinks it over GSK. God, imagine having a player called Henderson who could score. Oof, we'll never know. But yeah, um, to, to jump on what you're saying, it's, it's clear, you, the, the flurry of chances when you think, ah, yeah, this is really starting to go in one direction. Yeah, but we, we weathered that storm. And in stoppage time, we did have a chance to win it. And you thought if we were going to score, it's probably going to be something scrappy. And this mm-hmm. would have been um, because there's a header that just kind of loops over the Rochdale defenders. And John Lewis finds himself not far out with, with a headed chance, but has to react quickly. Gets it on mm. target, but um, he looks quite annoyed with himself for not for not burying it. But I don't think it's necessarily the easiest of chances. Uh, but that really would have been a smash and grab if we'd uh, if we'd scored that one. Yeah, the uh, number fifteen Rochdale defender does not look happy with uh, the ball coming over the top of him. And uh, Lenny, you know, as much as um, he may be getting on a little bit, he's still a big old boy, isn't he? And he would not be one of mark- marking a, a fresh John Lewis. So you know, late in the game with a dangerous ball like that coming over the top, it's the uncertainty. That adds to the uh, to the drama, and it's a decent header. Keeper does okay to you know keeper does okay and well to to get it away like he does. It would have been smash and grab. We'd have laughed ourselves to death in the pub afterwards, but um, yeah, it wasn't to be, unfortunately. Yeah, so let's have a look at the tweets about that game because it did finish nil nil. So Tom Putnam eleven said two poor sides cancelling each other out. Rochdale played the nicer stuff without any clear threat and looked more organised at the back than us. Major surgery needed for this squad. Too many players who can't seem to do the simple things effectively. Uh, Chris C said, battled for a point. The squad is what it is. Just wish fans would try and understand how we're trying to play with the players we have. The game plan today was to double up on their two wingers. This means they outnumber us in other areas and their centre-backs will get time on the ball. Sean Wathy said, classic nil-nil. Neither (laughs) side looked particularly likely to get a goal. Reassuring progress from last time we played them, where they tore us to pieces at will. Um, and I guess, yeah, that is the, the positive slant on it, is Ardley said he wanted us to look harder to beat than we had in the home game earlier this season, and, you know, we, we did. And it's a point away at a side top half of the league. The manner of it, not maybe the most thrilling, but, um, but yeah, you can't complain too much about the result, I don't think, can you? No, I don't think so. Um, yeah, to stress, like, the chances were starting to stack up for Rochdale, but it, was, it wasn't like, you know, last-ditch clearance off the line, you know, Sykes came where they did, did his duty, as we're starting to expect from him. But no, we didn't quite feel, um, to name another podcast, did not quite feel under the cosh. So let's look at how the league table stands after that result to lead into our half-season review. So we are in 20th place, so just above the relegation zone on 24 points and yeah I guess how how do we assess the first half of this season obviously there's a lot that's happened a lot of players have come in a lot of players have have gone out and you know come on loan and so on what's our sort of a you know verdict on on the first half Uh, a lot of disappointment I think um I did not want to be sitting one spot one spot above the relegation zone at the halfway point especially after the madness that was last season well, that turmoil behind the scenes. I wanted a little bit of excitement. There's been some plus points. I think Adley is a very good appointment, and I hopefully believe that he'll 
it will become a um a great appointment uh, next season. But you know, before we can get excited about that sort of thing, we need to make sure we're safe this season. And I keep seeing, I keep wanting to convince myself that we're going to be absolutely fine. Jamie's going to happen. We'll strengthen as we'll come on to in a minute. We'll discuss some players there, and we'll have this most boring mid-season, you know, at mid-table finish. But you, you, you know, you look at the table, you look at the stats, and you, you just have to worry, don't you? Um, very, very anxious about um, Depot's injury. Very, very anxious about Dambati's injury. Um, as per the pre-match interviews, it just doesn't seem to be fixing his his knee issues. We need a player like him in the middle of that midfield because I don't think um, the workman like midfield that we have at the moment is going to propel us up the table. So ultimately, I think it's really only a what a five out of ten, five point five out of ten. No, I, I don't even think it's a six out of ten so far. It's been real disappointments. Yeah, I guess the real disappointment is. Obviously, we just scraped survival last season and then we've invested majorly in the squad over the summer. So to still be in the same sort of position in the league and still seeing Ollie Dyson and Paddy McLaughlin in our midfield after all that investment. And I think you're right that Ardley looks to be a positive appointment. To put a um, sort of positive slant on it, I did want to look at his um, sort of points per game. So right. we he's been in charge for... 16 games out of the 23 mm. and we got 21 points from those 16 games because we only got three from the first seven so if you took Ardley's points per game and applied it to the whole season we'd be on 30 points which would actually put us 12th so okay. if, you, if you think about it like that it's, it's a big if but if we just keep that same kind of form up for the rest of the season we should be sort of lower mid-table I would argue we want to be doing better than that second half of the season particularly if we can make some signings in January. Yeah. But I think in terms of results, it's been slow progress, but there has been some improvement. Mm-hmm. I think I would have liked to have seen the style of play improve a bit more quickly, but maybe that was just me being naive and maybe we just haven't got the squad to do that at the moment. And yeah, in terms of the playing squad, just want to think about, obviously, yeah, we're halfway through the season. Which players would we be looking to definitely keep for next season at this point? I mean, leaving aside, obviously, we know some players are on longer-term contracts. Starting from the from the back, moving forwards, I think uh, Sykes Kenworthy has been a very worthy addition to the squad. I think he's played good to very good in, in some fixtures. I think he's probably going to be our number one for for a while now, unless uh, you know someone comes in try and buy him off us in a couple of years, perhaps. In the defence, Fallerfield, I think after Dippo, has been our player of the season. In fact, if the injury problems keep persisting for Akinyemi there's a real chance that Ryan could get the nod in April isn't there now the controversial ones isn't it the um, the Cordner Howe uh, partnership our defence is porous unfortunately I know I'm saying that after a <laughs> after a nil-nil draw and one of our very few clean sheets I think there's a lot a big debate to be had isn't there about whether you'd keep Howe you'd keep Cordner keep both lose both Maybe I'm just being blinded by the transfer fees and whatnot, but I, I really do want to keep both. I think Howe is a good organiser, and I think Cordner is getting better, and he's got a good distribution as well. But you can't get away from the fact that you know we're we're just conceding goals, and they're both been a massive part of our defence. Um, if they've not, you know, I think they've pretty much played together, haven't they? Let's say maybe two thirds, three quarters of the season. Uh, left back, we, we need to get a left back, don't we? I know Daly's doing okay on loan. I wouldn't say anything more than that at the moment. He's still got time to prove himself. Smith is another loanee. Seems to be seems to have settled in okay. 
potentially if he came up from Harrogate, you know, if, if his Harrogate contract was up in the, in the summer, something to look at. But he's a maybe for me. Midfield, Woodyard could go either way, actually. If an option came, a younger defensive midfielder was available on the market, I don't see why he wouldn't want to replace Woodyard. I, I think he'll be, what, 31 next year, which is definitely on the on that way down. He has had his injury problems. He's played okay since he's had his run in the side. He's very much at defensive shield, but I think he could be replaced. So he's a maybe for me. Dyson and, and Paddy, I think it'd be time to shake hands and say goodbye. I want to see a little bit more from Batty. Obviously, the injuries have been a massive problem. I know he's had his, the, uh, the issues with, with his personal life, with his family, which are much more important than, than football. So hopefully, you know, we can see a bit more from him and really justify the hype about him. But I'd be wanting to keep him. Up front, uh, Dippo. And Davis very much so. They're the you know the future of this club. They're the ones that we'll be relying upon for goals and assists. Players like Kuya, I like him, but he's a maybe at the moment. I'm just not seeing enough from him this season with the chance he's been given. He's shown it now and again, but I want to see a little bit more from him, really. So he, he remains a maybe. Harriet's very likely a nah, thank you very much, but it's not quite worked out this. But you know, maybe if if that fitness record somehow magically turns itself around, like um you know, a Christmas miracle that we're all, wins- we're all asking for. The young players like Lassie Fairweather, um, Ando, I think they've probably got something about them that's worth another year to see what coaching Adley and Cox can get into them. Ando was very unlucky, wasn't he? With the, uh, the sounds like a very awful injury. It was a, it was a broken back, wasn't it? So he's he's only just working his way back into the team. Um, but apart from that, outside of that, I don't think I'm, I'm missing too many players. Uh, Castro... You know, if you can say goodbye, I'd be like to be saying goodbye sooner rather than later. It's clearly not working. So, really, God, well, you're, you're only keeping what six players from the current squad, seven players perhaps. It's a damning indictment, isn't it? Yeah, I think the most difficult question is the centre backs because I think Cardner yeah. and Howe both have to be maybes. Both look like good players on the day, but mm-hmm. then you look at you know forty odd goals conceded in the league. You, you can't argue with that, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's even when they've had an extra centre-back alongside them some of that time to, to shore things up. I would have probably said keep Cordner over Howe until recently because he's improved. We've seen what he can bring going mm-hmm. forward. And obviously he's a younger player as well. But then him being dropped for the Rochdale game is making me question you know, whether he, he really is a big part of Adley's plan. So yeah, you can make an argument to keep both, but maybe not have them alongside each other as first choice. Have someone who's a bit more solid. Um, who can let Cordner play his game and sweep up behind, and then maybe you have Howe as cover. I'm not sure. And then, and then, yeah, Smith has done all right on loan. Wouldn't be against him staying, but again, maybe not his first choice. You did miss one player. We both missed one player out. That was pretty, pretty big player, uh, Crooks. Oh yeah, I forgot about Crooks. Yeah. Again, injuries, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, he's he's another one where if Crooks is is in our starting eleven to start next season, you think maybe we've not done the best business. Because I don't think he's great at left back. He's okay on the left of, of three centre backs, but Yes, I agree. Is he of the quality of a side to be challenging towards the top end of this league? I'm not not convinced by that. Yeah, fair enough. I would agree with you there. He's a maybe for me because of his versatility. But if we're gonna be playing four three three, we want attacking full backs and for all of his um, abilities, which I think he has many, he is not um that you know, that attacking is he. Someone who is quite attacking who we didn't mention is Ethan Henderson. And uh, Adley was directly asked about Ethan's uh, potential. By were you, were you happy about um, Dave Ward stealing Ethan Henderson watch? Well, I'm, I'm in favour of it. We're not going to keep ownership of that. I want it to <laughs> go forth into the wider world. Let everyone join. 
Ethan yeah, Anderson but can't use a jingle though. Oh no, no, we w- our lawyers will be after you yeah. immediately if anyone uses or imitates or even sings the jingle uh, mm-hmm. at the game. So that's the place we've got at the moment. Is there anywhere in particular you think we need to strengthen in January? We've, I mean, we've got a left back on loan now. Let maybe still need another one permanently, but any mm. other particular areas? Spine of the team, isn't it? Sorry to go on about Batty again, but if it is still dragging on a little bit, then we could really do with a, a dynamic midfielder in there who can maybe defend but also attack, can really make things happen. A real box-to-box uh, workhorse to go next to, to Woodyard and accompany Batty if and when he returns to the first team. Would not be averse to uh, money being spent on another defender. If if that's you know if that is a possibility, I don't know what the budget situation is going to be like in January. Not really heard much by in way of rumours, have we? We we know that Adley and uh, Cox are looking at players, but whether it's going to be you know loans with permanent moves in the summer, that sort of palaver, we'll have to wait and see. Perhaps another striker you mentioned about saying a a, a fond um, thank you and farewell to to Lenny at the end season. I wouldn't mind hurrying that sort of thing up by you know replacing him promptly in January with maybe a of a target man, you know, someone we can throw on when we need to go more direct and someone who maybe has a little bit more in the legs and then in tank than, than John Lewis. But obviously, always going to be thankful for his um, efforts in the non-league North promotion season. And perhaps, uh, yeah, if we're going to go for the 4-3-3 and play, you know, inversed wingers or attack inside full-backs, what have you, perhaps someone on the left, someone on the right, especially with the confusion regarding Harriet's fitness. Yeah, I think the big areas is central midfield, particularly a bit of creativity. Mm. Like you say, if Batty's going to be out for a while, we've got Woodyard there, we've got Paddy, we've got Dyson. We haven't got anyone who can unlock a defence or who's mm-hmm. actually more than a, a workhorse, really. Yeah, and and to add to add, sorry, I do think Burgess is a bit, little bit too too slight to be in that. You know, the the kick and rush midfield non-league battles that we're going to be seeing over the winter and into the spring. I think yeah. he's uh, better up the field. Yeah, Adley seems to prefer him, um, sort of mm. wide in a three. But I think that's the other area is, yeah, if you could, if we are going to play this four three three, which Adley seems to like, I think you would assume it's probably going to be Davis as the central striker with Dipper off the left. Mm-hmm. And so we need someone off the right who's going to be consistent, who's going to be fit. Doesn't look like he trusts Maz to be that person, I don't think. Yeah. Um, Burgess is doing a job there, but I don't think he... I, I think he wants someone who's you know, got a bit more direct attacking threat. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'd like to see maybe someone who could play on, on the right of a front three as well. Um, but, yeah, I think given the lack of depth in the squad that was exposed by that Nantwich game, I think signings anywhere other than goalkeeper are probably going to be welcome. And in terms of sort of aims for the rest of the season and predictions, where would you be aiming to to finish? What do you think would be a good result from this season? Uh, 20th and upwards. <laughs> Right. You see, I'd look at it differently. I think if we scrape survival like we did last season, I don't think that's that's a success. No. I think no, we want to be much no. comfortably safer, um, which is easier said than done. But if we can be sort of mid-table by the end, then, yeah, that, that's something to build on. Can I put you on the spot for a prediction? Where do you think we will finish in the table? 20th. You think 20th? Yeah. Okay. Because well, when I'm wrong, I'd be really happy about it. And when, we finish, and when we finish 21st, I'll be really upset about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say 15th. I'm going to be more positive. Okay. Um, and that's, yeah, it is mostly based on a couple of things, which is, like I said, our form under Ardley would be more mid-table. And I think yeah. we will bring a couple of players in 
in January. So it's more in faith than um, based on anything too concrete. Yeah, but, um, yeah. yeah, I think if we do finish in that sort of place, that would, from this point where we are now, that would be satisfactory. I don't, honestly, I'm being a little bit flippant for the point of humour. I don't want to be too dour, too negative. I, I genuinely want to think up big. And I think you are right. January is important because they could prove me completely wrong. Players like, I know it's not part of the jammy transfer window in the league, but like signing players like Sykes Kenworthy and uh, Davis been great. Um, Ali's not going to get every transfer right. You know, he is only human last time I checked. So it's not going to be 100%, I'm sure, in January. But he's clearly got an eye for a good player. He knows what he wants. And the impression I get is that, you know, he'll be backed. So hence why we paid fees for both GSK and Davis. So I'm optimistic in that regard. So hopefully by the end of January, I've got football pie all over my jersey and face. And, you know, we're hitting a bit of run of form. We're not going to do anything ridiculous like a playoff charge. It's not 2014, is it? But I just worry because for every decent performance, like what the resilience that we showed at Dagenham, and the dominance that we showed at home to Oxford City, we always have a Hartley pool inside us, unfortunately. Um, so, you know, I'm trying to be a bit more pragmatic than, you know, the hopeless optimist that I am in real life. So I, I don't know. And for what it's worth, the the great website, um, footballwebpages.co.uk, they um, have a predicted final table based off previous results and form. And they have us finishing um, 18th with 48 points, uh, nine points above um, the relegation um, spots so I think that sounds relatively um, sane and believable I mean they've just taken our total at halfway and doubled it there haven't they because we're on 24 points now there I you think go. you know <laughs> <laughs> clever very clever these robots are not going to take our job just yet with their so-called <laughs> analysis but yeah we shall see in the uh, in the next half of the season but big game coming up uh, in fact three games coming up over the festive period starting off with Ebbs Fleet United at home where we'll be looking mm. to avenge that horrendous 4-1 defeat in the, the last game of the pre-Adley era so Ebbs Fleet is sitting one point below us in 21st place mm-hmm. they've only won two out of 17 league games since we played them I do worry that one of them was 4-1 away at Oldham though yeah they're, they're a bit unpredictable because I think around the same time they lost 4-0 at home to Oxford City so <laughs> Yeah, yes. it's it's a difficult one to predict. I think Polion is the danger man. He's he's the top scorer by a fair distance. I think he scored yeah. against us, didn't he? Do you reckon we should? Do you reckon we should buy him for fifty five thousand pounds? <laughs> but also sign one of their centre backs who will then um, drop out. Drop out based on his pregnant girlfriend refusing yeah. to move north. I think we should definitely do that. Yeah, should definitely absolutely do that. Yeah, it worked last time. I'm, I'm over so, it, by the way. I'm absolutely over that. What are you expecting from from this game? Are you going to be there? Oh, I'm going to be there. Uh, it's the first day after my return to York for the Christmas period. My wife and I will be there at the South Stand, making all the noise. Um, hopefully in the snow as well. Hopefully it'll be a nice Christmassy uh, atmosphere. I don't know what's quite to expect because I really want to be positive about this. It's, um, you know, what is it, 20th versus 21st or, or what have you. It's it's a proper relegation six-pointer. And based on what very little absolutely have shown since beating us, at the start of September, you really hope we have enough about us to uh, to uh, to put them away. So I'm excited to see uh, York at home again. I know it's been quite a long time now since I've managed to get to a, to a home game for various reasons, such as cup runs and such. So here's to hoping. I'm I'm I think we can win. I think we can uh, get a good win, a solid performance, um, have some good attacking play, 
and some solid lads in defence. So um, I'm quietly and cautiously optimistic. Yeah, I'm just crossing everything that Dippo's back for that one. And then we got a double header against Gateshead, uh, which is the only team we've still not played this season. Um, mm-hmm. Now, they've had mixed form since Mike Williamson left them as manager, but they're still in sixth place in the league, so still doing pretty well. They have Marcus Dinanga on 14 goals, Stephen Wern on 10 goals, so they've definitely got um, goal scorers in there. Last season, we had the, the festive double header against them the other way around, so we, we played them at home first where we lost 3-0 and then drew mm. two all away with Hancocks and Shaq Ford scoring, uh, which I think would have been in the uh, in the web era, wouldn't it? Uh, it would, yeah, it would be, yes. I remember we wore the uh, away strip, didn't we, at home for the um, homeless charity um, campaign. Yeah, it's, I mean, Adley described them as by far the best football inside in the league. I mean, we know he likes to talk up every side that we play, <laughs> but they, uh, they've got a bit of a reputation. They're sort of the... Uh, very much the Mundial magazine. We support Gateshead <laughs> yes, now. Yes, they are. Type, yeah, type uh, team. You see that you see the clips, don't you, of their little passing moves? Yes. What What can we expect from from these games? Do you think? Um, hopefully, there won't be a uh, a hearse doing donuts on the field for this one, as is the way in in Gateshead. But um, hopefully, they will. I'm not as optimistic about these two fixtures as I am about Epsfleet for the very reasons that you've just outlined. They're a really good footballing side. They're a bit iffy post Williamson, aren't they? As you say, but the the quality of the players that they've got, I, I, I do worry unfortunately about about this one. So yeah, I, I I don't really have that optimism that I do for Ebbsfleet. So I'll take two points right now if I, if I'm being really honest. And I know people will be rolling their eyes and maybe cringing even at the fact that I'm being so dour and negative about it. I just Gates are just really frustrating me at how decent they are for what a Newcastle hobby team. But yeah, from these three games then, how many points do you think we'll get? I think, honestly, four points from the three games would be an okay result. I think we'll somehow um, break the space-time space continuum and get 12 points out of this. Right. Yeah, that's my prediction. Get that on Get that on record, please. Well, that's title-winning form. <laughs> <laughs> I would um, take four. I'd love five. Probably going to be three. But yeah, this is our Christmas special, so we can't leave without a little bit of festive fun. So mm. I, I did put out on the Twitter account that we were uh, looking to build a full Christmas 11 of current and ex-York City players. I uh, gave a few suggestions for starters, but yeah, we've managed to we've managed to cobble together a full team, which I'm now going to rattle through. I'm just going to go get a cup of tea, yeah? Well, in the Halloween one, you did scary noises in the background, so what are you going to do in the background this time? Well, apart from cringe... I'm probably just going to uh, let you crack on if um, if that's okay. I, I was dreading this moment, and it's finally here. You're going to be Chris Cringel. Yeah, just one sugar, please, Helen, <laughs> if that's all right. Thank you. Yeah. Sorry, what were you saying? Huh? No, don't worry mm? about it. Mm. So, for our festive York City lineup, obviously, we've gone for the Christmas tree formation. A 4 3 2 1. So, in goal, we have St. Nick Poe. We got a back four of Graham Murty, Keith Snow, Christmas Smith, and Matt Stocking. Ben is actually cringing in the background here. We've got a midfield three of Brussels Sprout Penn, <laughs> Grinch Hancocks, and Peter. That one doesn't even work. <laughs> and Peter Lorimer. And yes, that is two Murr puns. 
But And no. do you care, Simon? I do not care one bit. They are the three kings in midfield. And then the two the two behind the front man, Slate and Donaldson. Yep. And Cedric Manger. Yep, okay. And then up front on his own, Lenil John Lewis advert. Yeah, that yeah. I like that one. They, that, that that one's actually quite good. Some of them are good. It's a bit of a mixed bag, I'll be honest. Who's on the bench? I've not done a bench. But I'll tell you what I did do. I, I, I thought about who was going to be the manager. There's a little one well, that I've added in. So yeah. they're going to be managed by Alan, little drummer boy. Up a dumb bum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, thanks for all your contributions to that. And yeah, we will uh, never speak of this again. Yep. So when's when's the next pun fest? Ooh, don't know, Valentine's Day? Valentine's Day, yeah. Two days after my birthday. You know what to get me, don't you? Puns. Puns. Yeah. Valentine's Day them. puns. If you do like puns, which if you're still listening to the podcast at this point, you must at least <laughs> tolerate them. Um, I would certainly recommend you check out our recent Retro Rewind episode where we looked back on the 25th anniversary of our 2-1 win over Manchester City when we played them in an actual league game mm. and won before all the oil money and so on. Um, but yeah, we were joined by guest Will Harris. Yeah, we had quite a bit of fun, didn't we? Um, not only making Oasis puns, but also... I didn't do that. I, I did not make a single Oasis pun, so I don't know what you're talking about. I will leave that out to the listeners to uh, to verify that <laughs> either way. But yes, that was an enjoyable one to uh, to look back on at a time when we were still flying high in second division. It was a really good podcast to do. Um, it was a really good laugh. Uh, Chipsy was very knowledgeable about the fixture, having been there and you know being old enough to remember things. Give it a listen, please do, and uh, hopefully you enjoy it as much as we did recording it. If nothing else, listen for Ben ranting about how much he hates Manchester City, despite having married a Manchester City fan. This is true. But yeah, anything else you wanted to add, Ben? No, nope, just the usual. Um, please do follow us on the, uh, the usual social media platforms, Same Old City Pod on Instagram and on Twitter slash X. Uh, we always enjoy your interactions. Um, something for me to read after <laughs> games when I'm been frozen to death in uh, Lancastrian mill towns. But also, if you could take an opportunity, it'd be really appreciated if you could leave us a review on Apple or wherever you get your pods. Try and spread the good word regarding the same old city pod. And um, I believe some of our work is also going to be used from the Man City podcast uh, for the Manchester City um, guys who do the Blue Moon podcast. Going to be uh, citing some of our efforts. So please do give them them guys a listen. They're going to be covering the fixture as well. I'm sure it'll be uh, the guys who do the Blue Moon podcast. My friend Dave Mooney, he does a really good effort, a really good job with them. So please do give them a listen as well over the Christmas period. But yeah, otherwise, have a great Christmas and New Year. We shall see you on the other side. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, a bit further at the table. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. As usual, keep the faith. Wow, I feel good. I knew that I wouldn't. I feel good. I knew that I wouldn't. So good. So good. I got a year. Oh, I feel nice. A sugar and spice.